Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching. Mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. It is Thursday, March 24. Greg Taylor and my usual co-host is not with us today. Stephanie is in Florida on grandma duty. And so she became a grandma for the first time and is spending some time hanging out with uh, her grandchild. One of my good friends, Mike Malik, also became a grandpa for the first time, and he is actually in Florida as well. And so, Kylie, we don't have any experience in this grandparent thing yet. I've got a little time to go yeah, still. That's right. That's right. But Dr. Dale Daniel is with yes, us. Yes. And so is grandparent time as good as it sounds? Oh, it's a game changer. There you go. It's great, great. Yeah. You know, somebody once said if uh, they knew grandkids were going to be so wonderful, they'd been a whole lot nicer to their parents. Yeah. Or I've heard some say they'd just skip the kid thing, <laughs> just go right to the grandkids. I don't think it works like that. But anyway, Dale Daniel and Kylie Garrison from our staff here at Second Church are um, thankfully joining me today. It'd be pretty boring to hear me yak for an entire hour all by myself. And I want to start, guys, with a story that is kind of emerging. And, you know, we are living in just kind of crazy times in a lot of ways. And there's a swimmer, collegiate swimmer by the name of Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas competed for several years on the University of Pennsylvania men's team and, and was a good swimmer. I mean, definitely accomplished some, but but I would say above average, probably at best. Well, um, he is now saying that he identifies as a female. He's a transgender female. He is now swimming as a woman and just breaking records left and right, um, won the 500 meter at the NCAA championships. There's this picture, Kyla, I don't know if you saw it or not, but he is on the podium in the champions podium level. And then you've got the second, third and fourth place girls and they're kind of arm in arm, you know? And um, so here's my question with this. Obviously girls sports are at risk like never before, if this is going to be the reality that plays out. But um, USA Today uh, featured another transgender female, a man by who is going by the name Rachel Levine, and they said that he is one of their women of the year. And so both the Babylon Bee, which how would you describe the Babylon Bee? Sarcasm? Satire. Satire, okay. But also the Christian Post, which is a reputable news organization. Both of them ran headlines that said USA Today names Rachel Levine a man among its Women of the Year awardees or nominees. And both have been banned from Twitter. Both have been said because they're saying he is a man. Uh, they're, they're done with Twitter, at least temporarily. And so I'm sitting here and I'm asking the question, what, what do we do with this? Where do we move forward with this? I mean, I, I think that Jesus had a heartbeat for all people, no doubt about it. But this is not really a disputable fact that biologically, Leah Thomas is a man. Biologically, Rachel Levine is a man. What do we do with that? Well, I think it's interesting that a lot of the people who once told us during COVID to trust the science right, right. are no longer trusting this bio- biology. Right. You know, and I right. think that that's one that's of the issues point. that we're facing. And and I think it's safe to say that free speech is on life support. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when it comes to the major platforms where people express themselves being social media right. and you no longer have the right to say those things is very challenging. 
So the emperor has no clothes. I mean, that famous, uh, I guess, what is it? Article idea concept behind that. Everybody tells the emperor how wonderful the emperor looks, but the emperor is actually naked. Are we living that right now, Dale? Oh, we absolutely are. I think what we're seeing right now is just the manifestation of of a lot of uh, very leftist ideology that okay. that's been you know been pushing identity politics things yeah. like intersectionality uh and of course what that's what that does is fosters this political correctness and then what comes next is compelled speech right and so this is this is what's all behind uh the these issues of free speech you so, don't really have a place to debate these issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can't even have a conversation, right? You know? And so I'm sure that probably, you know, if we were a little bigger in the national scene, this would be considered hate speech, just discussing this happening that Rachel Levine is a man, that, that Leah Thomas is a man. Now, Kylie, you've got girls. You know, I have a daughter. You have a daughter. Yeah. Um, I mean, are girls sports on the clock? I mean, girls sports as we know it? I mean, well, no question. I mean, this is, this is, what has opened the door, yeah. you know, I mean, I wonder what women feel about this as far as a, you know, a biological man being right. named a woman of the year, yeah. you know, what's it look like for these swimmers who have dedicated their lives to being the best in their division. And there's, there's a reason that we have women's sports. Right. So here's the question. And I, I want you both to address this as Christian leaders. What do we do? I mean, wh wh where do we go with this? Because I, I think a lot of people are choosing silence. We just don't even want to talk about it. We don't even want to address it. Um, you know, we don't want direct line Danville to get canceled from Twitter. We do have a Twitter account, by the way, very small, but we do have a Twitter account. Um, I don't think silence is the answer, but I do think, you know, we believe that second church is a grace place. I think the church should be a place where everyone is welcome, absolutely, regardless yeah. of the struggles that they're facing. So I guess I'm coming to you two looking for advice on what do we do? What do other Christian leaders do that want to be responsible about what's happening in the world today, but also say, you know, there is a hope that Jesus offers that is for every person in every situation. Dale, what do you think about that? If I could back up just a sure. little bit, because I think in general, the church has uh, it's not always done a great job in this area of showing Love the demonstration mm -hmm. of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, too heavy on truth and not enough on love, and you know, and we we need to speak truth. Uh, right. We don't we don't want to water that down, but we need to speak truth in love, yeah. and uh, we always need to go back to scripture. What does the Bible say about issues like this? And, and you know, it's clear that in the very beginning, God created them, male and female. Right. And right. Uh, so God, God intentionally set up this gender relationship, th right. this idea. But but we also need to recognize it didn't take long after that for the world to fall into sin. Very and quickly. so 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 much brokenness that you know what we see today is just such a distortion of God's original intent for creation. Right. Kylie, what do you think? I think that's an excellent point of what Dale says, that the idea of speaking truth and love, because I think that there are two components to that. You know, there's the truth part, and we all know people who are really good at speaking truth, and it doesn't matter how you feel, they're just going to lay it out for you. And then there are people like me, and I'm a peacemaker, you know, and I don't love confrontation, I don't like rocking the boat, and so I want to find a way for us to all get along. And, and so there's a part of, like, even those people who want to speak love, there's right. a time you have to speak truth. And I right. think the distinction of what, what, 
God says in the creation account, and Jesus affirms that in the, in terms of marriage, you know, one man, one woman, and, and all these things, I think it is an important part that we have to speak truth. We have to do it in a way that's in love and grace, but truth is exclusive, you know, just by being very nature truth. Yeah. But I think we're going to see as we speak truth and we have to, we need to speak truth and love. We're going to see more and more resistance. Yeah. No question. uh, With that. I think the interesting part in what Seth Dillon said with the Babylon Bee when they took yeah. his Twitter account down, if I could read that quote, he well, says, they could, of course, delete the tweet themselves. It's not enough for them just to wipe it out. They want us to bend the knee and admit that we engaged in hateful conduct. Right. Because Twitter basically said, you've got 12 hours to take it down. If you or, take it down, we'll give you back access to your account. And they could take that down themselves, but they choose not to. It really is a submission. You have to admit fault here that you have... Uh, engaged in hateful conduct just by speaking truth. And, and, you know, you use that term satire. I mean, are we in a day and an age where satire is not welcome? I mean, you used to watch the evening comedians, you know, after the news, man, anything was up for grabs. I mean, it didn't matter what was happening or who was happening. I mean, that's kind of a different day. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that Mark Twain said that satire was the greatest uh, protection for freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah. And now we're just going to cancel people if we don't like what they have to say. So I want you to put on your prophet hat. You're both preachers, but I don't know that you've ever thought of yourself as a prophet. Where's this going to be five years from now? Do you think that there's going to be a cultural pushback? Do you think there's going to be people that are going to say, this is just too far? Or are we just scratching the surface now? Dale, I'll start with you. What do you think? I think we culturally, we always see kind of an ebb and flow, you yeah. know, historically things come and, and go, but I think, I think it is moving more and more towards um, uh, uh, an ideology, a culture that is antithetical to Christian faith. Okay. Kyler, what do you think? Five years from now. I agree. I, th- I think this is just the beginning. You know, okay. I think that what we what we see in Scripture where it talks about the Israelites and it says, you know, on that day, Israel had no king and everyone did as he saw fit. I think we're we're living in that day. And I think it will. I think the pendulum will swing swing back. I yeah. think it's going to be a while. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear from you if you're listening and may, maybe you agree with what you're hearing from Dale or Kylie, or maybe you really disagree. Maybe you think that this is any of the conversation that has a place on AM radio. Reach out to me, Greg at secondchurch.com. I'd love to hear what you think about this. This will not be the last time that we discuss this topic because I don't think it's going away. You know, I don't think it's something that we're going to say, well, it's that one instance with that one swimmer or that one instance with that one cabinet member. I think in a lot of ways, we are just beginning to scratch the surface, but um, it's an interesting time for which we're living, guys. Well, hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to transition and I want to talk about worship. And uh, both of you guys, I've watched you lead worship services lately. I'm assuming you're picking out the songs that that you sing in the worship services. But um, I I had kind of a a breakthrough, and I'll tell you a little bit about it when we get back. You're listening to Direct Line. It's Thursday, March 24. Greg Taylor with Kylie Garrison and Dale Daniel will be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley 
Stanley Smith Marty LLC, member SIPC. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring. This is Rob Witzel, area supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Hans Tankwash is proud to support the Women's Care Clinic. Let's hear now from Interim Co-Director Mariah Hansen. Women's Care Clinic in Danville provides the love and support every woman deserves during pregnancy. The best news is all our services are free. Free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds for pregnancy confirmation, and even free consultations with medical professionals. And that's not all. We offer parenting education, mentoring for moms and dads, and help with adoption planning. We also work closely with many community agencies for all the support our families need. More than anything, Women's Care Clinic offers hope, compassion, and care to our clients of every age and background. We'd love to have you join us. To learn more, volunteer, or make a gift, visit danvillewcc.org or call 217-431-0987. Women's Care Clinic in Danville, changing lives one decision at a time. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, March 24. Greg Taylor with Dale, Daniil, and Kylie Garrison. Our friend Stephanie Spangler's in Florida um, doing some grandma stuff this week, and we wish her the best with that. But, guys, I wanted to talk to you about worship songs and specifically some of the worship music that in contemporary churches, I think, very, very popular uh, worship song choices from groups like Bethel, groups like Elevation, groups like Hillsong. Uh, and I know there's been a real pushback. There's been a movement by some more conservative voices within the church saying, hey, if the theology that's being preached in these churches is questionable, you shouldn't be singing their their songs in your worship service, even if the song itself has no seemingly obvious theological error. And so um, I'll just say some of the songs that have really touched me lately that we have sang in Main Auditorium, uh, one was an Elevation worship song, one was a Bethel song, and I love it. And I spent some time this week, uh, Marla and I were able to get away and go see our son down in Carbondale, and I really tried to hone in, am I missing anything theologically? And I don't think I am. You know, I think the two songs that really jump out to me is God, I Look to You, and then the song Do It Again, and I couldn't find theological error in those songs, but I guess, Kylie, I'll start with you as a guy that preaches most Sundays, but also you've put together a lot of worship services in the last Mm -hmm. 15 months. What do you think about that? Well, I know people. I've, I have people in my extended family who have taken the hard stance, you know, yeah. and are in ministry and they refuse to sing songs from Bethel and places like that. I think the more important thing is to be discerning of the music that you listen to, period. Okay. Uh, of not, I mean, there's a lot of great worship music out there. I can't vouch for what those people personally believe. I can't vouch for, you know, how they spend their time and, and how they live their lives, but I can discern the music that that we sing the words that are in that. And if I think those line up with scripture, I, the hard part, there's, this is a gray issue. I don't think there's a black and white, right or wrong, Okay, but I, I do believe that you have to be discerning of what, what you, what you sing and what you lead toward people. I think that the danger is that if you disagree theologically, and I think Bethel, 
out of the three is probably the one that I would have some issues with. The danger is if if you sing a song, you think, oh, this is Bethel. And then you go in and like, I want to learn more about Bethel. And you learn more about their sermons. And you might maybe a newer Christian, maybe someone who can't be as discerning because they don't have a good understanding of Scripture. That could be a challenge. Okay. I, I think of Rob Bell, you know, and <laughs> years ago when Rob Bell was really popular, he had these videos called NUMA and we right. used them in student ministry and they were fantastic. Excellent. Um, and theologically sound. But then, you know, Rob Bell kind of went off in this hell doesn't exist and universalism and things like that. And right. I stopped using those because I didn't want students to say, oh, this was really cool. Let me go learn more about him. Right. So I think there's there's that that challenge we have before us as well. Dale, what, what about you? You put worship songs together. Do you consider the artist when you put them together? Is that something that you think through, or do you think more what we're singing? What do you think about this conversation? Yeah, definitely more of the substance, not necessarily the artist. You know what? What does the song say? Yeah. And does it is it really going to fit thematically with what uh, what we're either teaching about or or the kind of worship experience that we're trying to create? You yeah. know, here lately, I I mean I've mostly been doing worship for Celebrate Recovery. Yes. And so a lot of the songs that I've been intentionally selecting, I think, have been kind of targeting uh, some of the needs that uh, that we find in that group. Mm-hmm. And I know the last time you led worship, and I can't remember the song, I should have asked you before we went on the air, but it was a perfect song for someone saying, I've got a hurt, or I've got a hang up, or I've got a habit, yeah. and I need to give it to Jesus. And you set it up just wonderfully. Yeah, it was, it was Lauren Daigle's song, You there Say. You there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so moving forward in this situation, um, do you think it's a situation where you find more and more people saying, we won't sing Bethel songs, we won't sing Hillsong songs. I, I don't know that I could really speak to Hillsong necessarily theologically. Right. I know they've had some trouble, you know, personnel wise and some I don't challenges. Know a lot of people who are who are saying that um, I it's something that people have talked about. Right. But again, I think the important part is is to be able to discern what what lines up with Scripture. I mean yeah. that that has to be the standard. The Bible has to be the litmus test. Do the truths that we sing in these songs proclaim the truth of the Bible and the character of God. And for example, there's a Maverick City song. And I know a lot of people, I won't be popular for this. A lot of people love Maverick City. Okay. And, and I think Maverick City has a lot of great music out there, but they do have one song that I know of that's popular and a lot of people sing it. And one part of the lyrics talks about God. It talks about God's goodness and faithfulness, but it says you keep on getting better. Yeah. I have a theological problem with <laughs> right. that statement. You right. know, that if God is perfect and holy, How can he get that better? means he can't get better. There right. is no room for improvement, you right. know? And so I can understand why someone could argue, well, it means that he's just getting better in my, in my eyes. And, and I understand that, but I don't ever want to convey a thought to people of, Hey, God is, God's in transition. God's getting better. Yeah. Just, just hang on. Right. And so I think what we sing has to line up with the truth of scripture. Yep. Dale, do you think looking back, um, you're, you're the oldest one in this mix right here. <laughs> sure. Do, do you think there was a time 30, 40 years ago that people were calling into question maybe some of the emerging artists in that day? <laughs> or, or, you know, we, we yeah. do hymnology every Rock three and months here. Yeah. And, you know, I tell these stories behind these hymns, and you read about some of the guys that are, and gals that mm-hmm. wrote these hymns. They were some messed up people. They yeah. had some real challenges in life. Yeah. I don't know that they had degrees <laughs> in you know theology from a seminary necessarily. Right. I, right. I don't know. Is this new? What do you? Oh think? no, it's not new at all because uh, you know the Jesus movement music was very influential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my life, and I remember one of the first times that I actually 
uh, performed in chapel at Johnson University. I sang a song from Love Song. Okay. And uh, I had a meeting with a professor afterwards. <laughs> I really took into question the theological depth of that song. And, you know, I looked at it, and he, I th- think he was right. And so I appreciate him calling that it out on that. Is that a group? Yeah, it was a love song. Yeah, the group love song. Chuck okay. Gerard. Uh, oh, uh, okay. so love song. Oh yeah. That wow. was, yeah, they were, they were, uh, international hit, you know, yeah. that song, uh, love song, uh, the title song or, t- uh, and the name of the group. And that was the song that I, I performed. And there, there isn't really a whole lot of substance to it. So in my Bible college days at Lincoln, um, we had a chapel service one time and we had a guest worship leader that sang the song, I'll fly away. I'll fly away. And uh, we went to Greek class afterwards, and I remember um, our professor just giving us about 20 minutes that was not part of the uh, planned lecture for the day about how theologically incorrect it was. And one of my friends looked over at me, and he said, so we have to be against that song, I'll Fly Away? And I said, well, you can do whatever you want. But um, it is interesting it how is. that plays out. It is. So. I think there are hymns, too, that uh, are not theological, right. theologically sound. And yeah. and regardless of if it's an old song or new song, we need to be discerning. Yeah. Uh, does this song really support biblical truth? Now, Dale, you were on with us a month ago when we talked about the Jesus Music movie yeah. that was produced by, among other people, Amy Grant, Michael mm-hmm. W. Smith. And one of the things that came out in that was kind of the emergence of the modern worship movement. And mm-hmm. Chris Tomlin's one of the faces of that. And one of the things that was said in that movie, and I want Kylie to to speak to this, is they said more people have sung Chris Tomlin songs than any artist in the history of the world. And when you wrap your brain around that, I mean, people like Michael Jackson, you know, people like some of the artists, the Beatles, I mean, and and to think that more people have sung Chris Tomlin songs, that's just crazy to me when you think about it. Oh, the influence. When you think about some of the great theologians of the past, when you think of the Billy Grahams, how many people did Billy Graham reach, you know, through his Mm -hmm. years of ministry? And yet music, I think, has a way of speaking to people in yeah. a way that words can't, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and it gets stuck in your mind. And so you find yourself, why am I singing this song? Why am I humming this tune? And so, so many people who are gathering, not just across the United States, but all across the world who are singing those kind of songs. I mean, it's a really, God used Chris yeah. Tomlin in a very powerful way. Yep. Hey, let's talk, let's transition to talking about Easter at the arena. One of the things that I'm pumped about is uh, Easter at the arena is back. So it was about three years ago right now that I was getting really serious about maybe moving to Danville, Illinois. And Dale, you kept talking to me about Easter at the arena, yeah. Easter at the arena. And then you guys had a great Easter at the arena in April of 2019. And then we haven't had it the last couple of years because of COVID and lockdown. So just real quickly, someone's listening. They have no idea what we're talking about. What is Easter at the arena? Yeah. So Easter at the arena is a, uh, is an Easter celebration service at the Palmer arena in Danville. And uh, it uh, happens on Easter Sunday. This year, it's uh, April the 17th. It'll be at 10 a.m. Yes. And the service will run about an hour and a half. And it's and a lot of music and teaching, uh, storytelling. So we've got some some videos in production right now just going to help uh, kind of tie in that theme. But uh, it's it's been such a great event for us as a church and the community. We've seen a lot of people who have come to Second Church as a result of Easter at the arena. In, in other words, it was kind of a kind of a door entry door uh, to them in, into the church. But more importantly, just 
you know, it, I think it's a, it's a being being kind of a neutral location. It's right. almost a safe place for people to come, non-threatening yeah. for people to come and and try uh, try to experience a Easter celebration. And if you'd like more information about that, please reach out. Uh, give me a shout at greg at secondchurch.com. Call the church office, 217-442-7306. Kylie, you've been a part of many an Easter at the arena. What do you think of, other than a lot of work, other than you know a lot of setup and a lot of teardown, what do you think of when you think of Easter at the arena? Well, I think it's the one time when our church, and being a large church with five different services, it's the one time that our church can be together to worship as one group, you know? And so I think uh, that's always really exciting. And a lot of people from the community who come who aren't necessarily part of Second Church who who come and, you know, family from out of town. And so it's a really, a, a really cool celebration. A lot of work, a lot of time goes into making this a special day. So I think that's what I think of family being together, yeah. you know, people, friends, the people of God coming together to worship as one in a big crowd. There's a lot of energy there. It's, yeah. it's really cool. That's good. Well, hey, let's go to break. When we come back, I want to bring you guys up to date on a poll that was recently released. I was not surprised at all by this information, but 72% of the respondents said America, uh, America's moral compass is pointed in the wrong direction. And so I want to get your take on that. You're listening to Direct Line. It's Thursday, March 24. Greg Taylor, Dale Daniel, Kylie Garrison. We'll be right back after this. Hi. I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darbys to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermillion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great! Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty, LLC. Member SIPC. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It is Thursday, March 24. Greg Taylor, along with Dale Daniel 
and Kylie Garrison. And we could not do direct line each week without some wonderful sponsors. We are so blessed by Don and Deanna Witzel from McDonald's and Chris and Dacia Robinson from Robinson Chiropractic, Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance, the Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home, the team at Hans Tank Wash, and Dean and Gina Crandall from Morgan Stanley. They just do a great job. So blessed. And Dale, you know, I remember you and I meeting about 25 months ago, yeah. getting ready to get this going, and you graciously agreed to be kind of our sponsor guy. And you haven't had to do a ton of work since oh, then, you know? I, I have it. I have it. Isn't that our, great? Our, yes, our sponsors have remained so uh, faithful and yeah. committed to this program. Yeah, and we're blessed by Very it. thankful. So a poll was released recently, and it was uh, done by the Marist College Poll sponsor in partnership with Desert, Desert News, and it asked 1,653 U.S. adults to rate the moral compass in America. And uh, one of the things that was learned is that 72% of Americans say that the moral compass is pointed in the wrong direction. Now, that's a lot of people. You know, anytime you get a poll that says 72%, and I'm not surprised at all, but I guess my question is, as you guys read through this article, I'll be linking it shortly, did anything jump out at you? But don't we have to do something if 72% are saying we've got a problem? Doesn't something have to change? And and what could change? I mean, what do you do in a situation along these lines? Dale, what do you think as you read through that? Well, you know, the first, first thing that came to my mind was the question. And the question is, what are they defining as moral? Right. You know, and what is the standard what for moral? morality? Yeah. Uh, because I think that would change very differently depending on, on what group you ask and, okay. and who responds to that. Okay. 72% though. Yeah. I mean, that's just a stunning, stunning number. Kyla, anything jump out at you? I had the same thought of, well, what does morality look like? Yeah. Because I think, you know, depending on who you talk to, what is good and right and moral is very, very different. And that's that's what's causing such division in our country. And I think as a as a follower of Jesus, I believe that that morality is based in the character of God. You know, right. I, I I think lying is wrong because God is a God of truth. You know, I, I mean, I think racism is wrong because God is a God of love who shows no favorites. And so right. for me um, to say that morality is is kind of up for grabs, that's the world we live in. And so depending on which side of the mountain you're looking at, you know, mm -hmm. it's going to look different. Uh, in different people's minds. And so the interesting thing about that is that the number one influence for them is they look to their family I for know. moral guidance. And sometimes that's probably good. And sometimes it right. may not be so right. good, you know, but again, if, if the standard is, is constantly changing, if the goalposts keep moving when it comes to morality, wh what is the standard to decide what is good and bad and right and wrong? Right. Yeah. What is moral? Mm-hmm. And so what opportunity do churches have with this information right here to try to say, Houston, we've got a problem. We've got to do something. We've got to bring about change or are our hands tied? You know, are we, are we, you know, up against an insurmountable foe in many ways? I guess what I'm asking is, is there any light at the end of the tunnel or are we just kind of continuing with the slow fade? When 22% say everything's great and 72% are saying we've got a problem, even if we, we can't all decide exactly what that problem is, I would think that that's a mandate 
that something has to change. That's a mandate that we can't go down this road, Dale. Well, I, I think we can also look at it as an opportunity because m- maybe culture and society has come to a place where they realize, especially the unchurched, that we're not heading in, in the right direction. What's the answer to that? Yeah. And so we have the opportunity to provide a response yeah. and an answer to what what is morality? What does yeah. that look like? Yeah. And you think, what does the future of the world look like? You know, I, I go back to 9-11 and man, 9-11, people flocked to churches. Yeah. You know, there there was, life had changed and, and life was forever altered and, and they weren't looking to their family because they needed something bigger than that. And I, I wonder, where do we look at with things going on in Ukraine, with the financial situation in our own country? You know, what does the future look like? And I think it does look uncertain. And so does that create an opportunity for people to say, I, I need to cling to something that is that is bigger than myself, bigger than some you know ideology or political viewpoint. I need something that's going to be an anchor for my soul, and I think that will create an opportunity for the church. I think it will be an opportunity for the church to go forth in love and truth. And so, I do think there is an opportunity, but it is overwhelming. Yeah, you got something you were looking at. Okay, well, I want to transition from that talk to a couple of events that are unfolding that I think give us opportunities to model as Christians. The idea that we're not just about a church or a single entity, but we're trying to, you know, promote this idea that we're all in this together in the name of Jesus. And so we have an event coming up in June, on June 11, called Serve Together Vermilion County. And will this be the third or the fourth? I think it's the fourth, isn't it? I don't remember. I've done it all every year, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I lost things during COVID. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I love that day. And I mean, last year I was part of a prayer team. And so I didn't actually do work, but we drove to every location that was being served in Danville, as well as some schools and other places. And we prayed over it. And it was just cool to be all through Danville and see different Christians from different churches gathering together and serving. And I just think it's a great opportunity. So you said you've been a part of every one. What would you say about Serve Together? Well, I think it's a great opportunity for you to give back. You know, I mean, to to minister to the places where you drive down these streets and you go by these organizations and you see parts of Danville that maybe you'd never see otherwise. You know, last year, my crew went and we picked up trash in different neighborhoods and had opportunities to speak to neighbors. I, I met uh, a lady there that has become a very good friend of mine ever since then. And I've seen God do a tremendous work in her life. But that was the connecting point was that moment. And so I think the opportunity to gather with other believers, not just from Second Church, but all churches across Vermillion County to say, you know, we're we're united under the banner of Christ to be able to serve our neighbor. Um, a lot of good things can happen out of that. Dale, serve together. What do you think, buddy? Well, I don't know that I can add a whole lot more than what Kylie has said, because I think I think what he said was right on. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, at, at the end of the serve together, when all these churches come together, uh, at, and it has been in the past at Lincoln Park yeah. uh, for that a kind of a united worship mm-hmm. service. I, I think that shows the unity, that shows uh, the the brotherhood of of the believers coming together, and um, it, it's, I think it just kind of underscores the the importance of what we've accomplished that day, what we've done uh, in in serving one another. And that needs to be a regular part of the rhythm of every Christian life is service. Yep. And it certainly reminds me of that when we do that. 
Yeah. Well, and what I love is exactly what you said. Now, last year it was at Crossroads. It was such a hot day. We went right. inside. <laughs> That's right. So we had the air conditioning, which was nice. But you've served all day. There were people coming in this last year. They literally had just finished their projects. I mean, they still had their sweaty, served together shirts on, but you're singing together and you're encouraged. Courtney Watson from Philadelphia Baptist Church brought their right. message this last year. And then we had some Rick lighting hot dogs. That was a great way to kind of end the day. Hey, one other thing that makes me think of collaboration and working together is something you're really passionate about, Dale, and that's the Global Leadership Summit. Right. And that's an opportunity, not just for the church, but really for any anyone that's a leader, and really everybody's a leader, whether they realize it or not, to come together and try to grow together. And once again, GLS is coming to Vermilion County. Talk a little bit about the first Thursday and Friday in August. That's right. This year is going to be August 4th and 5th, which is one of the earlier dates that we've had it, which I'm excited about because uh, usually a lot of the, the school systems uh, seem to struggle with being able to, to come if uh, GLS is a little later. Right. But uh, I think for us uh, as, as a church, you know, GLS has been very influential in helping to develop our own leadership culture yeah. here. Uh, it's, it's really challenged us with a lot of vision um, and, and growth. Um, when we were able to bring the GLS to Danville in 2015 and to host it as a church, um, it, it actually surpassed my expectation mm-hmm. as far as the kind of impact that it would have on our community. And it's so it's so great to see people from every sector of our community in the county, uh, from education to government, nonprofit, yep. uh, faith-based organization, churches, all coming together to learn together about leadership because when leaders get better, everyone wins. wins. That's right. What I loved about last year was the speaker lineup. I mean, obviously, I like to listen to preachers. That's my world. And you had some really great messages by by preachers. But I mean, we had the flaming hot Dorito, flaming hot Cheeto guy. You, you had people from the business world. I mean, I heard story after story after story, and they were not people that had been born with that silver spoon in their mouth, and they'd been able to leverage leadership principles. And I would say there's something for everyone. You know, I absolutely yeah, for think sure. that it's mm-hmm. a great day. And so, Kylie, thoughts on GLS? Well, I think the thing that, that sticks out to me is our team went up to Chicago to watch this live, and it was so um, transformational for our group, you know, of being able to go up, our leaders, uh, to sit down in the evenings and talk about this, what this looks like for our church. And so a lot of the ways that we have grown and, and things, I think, go back to those pivotal moments. And so when we had the opportunity to bring it to Danville, we thought this will be great for our people. Yeah. We, we our, I think our vision was too small, you yeah. know, because we really wanted our church to benefit from this. And, and we were surprised that it was the community that really rallied behind it even more than our church yeah. people did. We had a lot of church people come, but the community response was huge. And so to see what has been birthed out of that with the city movement and step up and things like that, that to me is really the testimony of what is possible through the Global Leadership Summit. So yeah, someone's yeah. listening. They want to come. How do they find out about GLS? Well, you the, say? I'd say the best thing, a couple of ways you could just Google it, you know, go to find the Global Leadership Summit, or you can go on to the Second Church website. We right. have a page, a landing page for uh, the GLS. There's a lot of information there. There's a place for you to click on and to register for uh, for the GLS. Uh, so... That, that would be it. I cut you off. You're about to say something about GLS yeah. that Kylie was talking about. Do you remember? Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to, you know, uh, we, we've had Summit sponsors every year. And, you know, I'm thankful for uh, like like uh, Greenwood, Inc. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, McDonald's. 
and uh, FiberTech uh-huh. and OSF yeah. have been some of our sponsors in the past. I mean, not not in a monetary way. They right. they they're they're on board. Their sponsors are saying Summit Partners saying we support this. We're behind this. We're going to bring our people and their partnership really helps to create some momentum. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for that. Yep, it really is a team effort. And I know for me, I look forward to. Anytime I have an opportunity to hear one of the presenters, we get opportunities throughout the year. They'll do like a morning or an afternoon session. It's always good. It's always good stuff. So GLS, would you say Thursday, Friday, August four and five? That's right. There's a place for you. All right. We're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Introducing Aunt B. She is Sunset's new comfort dog. Not only will she comfort our guests, but she will also answer questions regarding youth and funerals. I'm Judy Fraser. I would suggest that you email Aunt B today. Did you know that by planning your funeral or cremation ahead of time, you can lock in today's prices and make affordable monthly payments? I'm Judy Fraser, and if pre-planning is on your mind, I would suggest that you make just one phone call, Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Looking for a job that offers flexible hours, competitive pay, 401k options, and a few extra perks? This is Deanna Witzel from the Witzel Family McDonald's, and we are hiring... This is Rob Witzel, Area Supervisor. We are hiring managers, custodians, and crew members at all locations in Covington, Danville, Oakwood, Hoopston, and Georgetown. Hourly pay for custodians and crew members is up to $13 an hour, and manager pay is up to $17 an hour. Just fill out the online application today at mchire.com or stop by any of our locations. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, March 24. So thankful for Dale, Daniil, and Kylie Garrison jumping in and helping me get through this hour. Our friend Stephanie's in Florida spending time with her first grandchild. We wish her the best, and Steph will be back with us next week. Well, guys, I've introduced something called the history page, and I'm kind of a history nut. In fact, if I was not a preacher, I would probably be a high school history teacher, more than likely. And uh, I like to just look back on this date in history, this week in history. And there were three dates that jumped out. Um, The first was March 23rd, 1775. Do you know the name Patrick Henry? Oh, yeah. Patrick Henry from Revolutionary War fame gave a speech at the Second Virginia Convention as Great Britain was continuing its oppressive taxing, and it just looked like things were moving toward a conflict. And one of the things that was happening during that time is people were saying, we can't mess with Great Britain. We can't take on Great Britain. And he ended his speech by saying, give me liberty or give me death. 
And so that's kind of one of the signature mottos of the the uh, the Revolutionary War. And of course, uh, thankfully, there ended up being this uh, Declaration of Independence, and the rest is history. But I guess my question is: today, we we look at what's happening in Ukraine, and conflicts are you know possibly going to happen in places like Taiwan and all over the world. Is there still that spirit of "give me liberty or give me death," or is it more of a "can't we just all get along"? in 2022 what do you think thoughts there's a lot of uh can we just get along but yeah. i think when liberties become threatened that's when people began to realize that uh, this is something that i need to take a stand on there's yeah. there's a line drawn in the sand isn't he in essence saying that if i can't live a free life i it's not worth living mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you yeah. know kyla what do you think you're a student of history or not it's not my fave. You would not, not be a not high my, school history my, teacher. I would not be a high school okay. history teacher. Okay. But, okay. but I think anytime you you push people in a corner, you know, yeah. that people are going to come to a, a place where they're going to stand for what they believe in. Do you see this playing out in our world, uh, in our country? I mean, I know there are a lot of people that are saying religious liberty is as up for grabs as it's been any time, at least in our lifetime. Uh do you think that day's coming where we're fighting for the ability to proclaim something like Jesus is Lord or to proclaim the idea that Jesus is the only way to salvation? Well, what it's already think? happening in other countries. You know, it's know. happening in Canada and places like that. And so I think we're we're foolish if we don't think it's going to happen here. Yeah. And the number of people, there's a, there's a survey that just came out, I think, last week or two, you know, that talked about if if what was happening in Ukraine happened in the United States, yeah. would you stand your ground and fight or would you flee? Yeah. There's a large majority, not a majority, but there's a large amount of Americans who said, peace out. It's not worth it. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, secondly, March 22nd, 1893, the first ever girls college basketball game is played. Now, I've got to ask you, have you ever been to a girls college basketball game? Ever. No. No? Kylie? Yes. I had friends that played college basketball. Johnson. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, um, you know, girls college basketball, it's it's big time in in some ways. You know, you look at a place like Tennessee, University of Tennessee, which is near where you went to college. Both of you went to college in Knoxville. I mean, they have thousands that show Mm -hmm. up for the, the Lady Vols. And I think more people show up sometimes for the Lady Vols than for the men's team. But, um, in most places, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, a huge college event, but this first game um, probably did not last in terms of one of the most memorable games of all time. The sophomores played the freshmen at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts, which so I know nothing about. It wasn't about. even two colleges no, no, against right, each other, right. just two classes. Intermural. Yeah. yeah. Powder and, puff. And, but the game, I mean, it was just, you know, can't miss. The final score was five to four. Five to four. Five to four. High score game. That's right. Now, I share that because I want to continue what we talked about in that first segment um, as a father of a daughter, man, it breaks my heart what I see happening to girls' sports, to women's sports. And um, one of the things that has been speculated is that the reason more people have not drawn a line in the sand is because nobody really cares about swimming, which that's bad if that's the thought process. Mm-hmm. But they said, you see a man try to identify as a transgender female and show up for the WNBA or something like that. Yeah. That's when people will yeah, say, how long will it be before that happens? Enough. Right, right. And you wonder if activists uh, aren't even trying to make that happen right now in many ways. But um, I'm all for girls sports. And I think 
we need to do everything we can to protect him. Here's the third thing. I bet you guys remember this. March 26, mm-hmm. 1997, 39 members of the Heaven's Gate cult are found dead. Now, all of them were wearing the exact same clothing and the same shoes, Nike. Yeah. Probably not the uh, publicity that you're looking for there. <laughs> They thought they were um, going to be boarding a hidden spaceship following the Hale-Bopp comet, and the leader of this organization was a guy by the name of Marshall Applewhite. Do you know anything about Marshall Applewhite? No. Do you remember, no. do you remember this or not? I, I, remember, I do remember, I remember the event. It. I remember the footage I actually, and everything. I actually remember a Saturday Night Live spoof <laughs> that, was, that was done on this that was really... Well, pretty funny. Well, I picked this on purpose, okay? And I don't know a lot about the Heaven's Gate cult, and I don't know a lot about why they followed this guy. He'd actually survived a plane crash. And in surviving the plane crash, he thought he had this special revelation from God and believed that, you know, God had given him this message and some people followed after. But I share this because it's just a reminder that theology matters, kind of back Mm -hmm. to where we were on the worship side of things. And there's so much that's out there. There's so much that... Uh, we're being bombarded with, and that's why it matters that, you know, as a church, you're people of the book, you know, and that's one of the things that I love about this church is the priority for God's word. You know what the, this reminded me of? Just, you know, go back 20 years before that, it, the whole Jim Jones yes. situation, yes. you know, how, and there were 900 people yep. uh, that had this, you know, this mass suicide. And how how can people... How can people do that? How right. can people be so deceived that they yeah. would follow somebody to that extent? Yep. Well, I think two things. Number one is leaders. Yeah. This is why the Bible says not many of you should presume to be teachers because you will be judged right. more strictly. You know, the, you you are responsible for leading people in a certain direction. But I think for the people, anyone in any kind of organization, you need to know where you're being led to. You know, yeah. is that the direction that you want to go? Yeah. You know, early in ministry, my very first full-time ministry, we had an individual that made the decision to become a member of our church and was baptized and young, 23, 24 years old. And she showed up the next Sunday just weeping because her dad had told her that she'd joined a cult, mm-hmm. basically, because she'd left. I won't name the church that she had left, but um, I just remember reassuring her, we are not a cult. <laughs> I can promise you we are not a cult. So, hey, good news segment. Good Good news, the millionaires were able to get together with the billionaires, and baseball is back. Do either of you care? Are either of you baseball fans? I'm a football fan yeah. through and through, so I don't really follow baseball much. I like baseball. Yeah. I do. I've always that was kind of my first sport and I yeah. love I like baseball, played it as a kid all the time. I'm all glad time. baseball's yes. back. I am. I'm I, excited about it. And then Kylie, just to throw you a bone as an Indianapolis Colt fan, do you have a new quarterback? Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. Matt Ryan's coming and playing. What do they call so. it? Matty Ice? Matty Ice. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll had see. that nickname since high school, I've learned. Now, is it true this will be the seventh starting seventh quarterback in eight in, years? Yes. Is that right? Since Andrew Luck in two thousand. 2016. Well, I wish you lots of Indianapolis Colts success because yes, I'm a Bears fan. Me too. So there won't be any success there. <laughs> well, hey, on behalf of my friends Kylie Garrison and Dale Daniel, this is Greg Taylor saying thanks so long listening to Direct Line with us. We'll see you next week.